You are listening to the Terry Wilkerson Show podcast. Available every Thursday and Sunday morning. The Terry Wilkerson Show is live every Wednesday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And good evening, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020, and this is the first relaunched edition of the Terry Wilkerson Show. If you have been with us on either Podbean or Anchor.fm or any of our previous podcast hosts, you're already fairly familiar, I would assume, with uh, this particular show. Well, um, tonight's a very special relaunch for a very special reason. We're going to get into quite a bit of that in just a minute. Um, I want to first of all, because I promised to do this, hey Clark, you better damn well be listening. Steph, Stevie, one of you guys better have this app on his phone because he needs to be listening to this. So, told you, old man, I would shout you out. All right, so if you um, if you have any familiarity whatsoever with the work I've been doing over the about a year now since we began our first podcast, which was originally called the Major Malfunction with Terry Wilkerson podcast. Um, and we quickly found out that I had quite a few major malfunctions. Eventually, that morphed into what was called the Tarrant podcast, the reason being that co-workers and my lovely fiance all love to tell me that I went off on these little Tarrant, which is a portmanteau of Terry and Rant. But I'm certain you guys have already figured that out. So the Tarrant podcast actually went away for a little while, went away for a couple of months, and it was resurrected in January back under the Major Malfunction banner. Well, while all this was going on, obviously, you probably noticed the world started to come to an end. Because in February and then in March, here comes COVID-19. Then in April and May, here comes George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the end of civilization as we know it, and cowardly mayors and governors all across the country who cave into Marxist ideology. So when I was about to bring the show back, it was interesting because the timing just, the timing was great. The timing was superb. I mean, I could have just launched right back into the show and... And just rolled with it and been like nothing ever happened. But I wanted to get the I wanted to get the message out a little differently. So back in the beginning of July, the beginning of this month, and I'm gonna warn you guys ahead of time, this might not be a normal show. This is more of an introduction for those of you who are joining uh the family of my particular show, and we'll get into our other shows as we go along. This is more of an introduction into what you can come to expect from the Terry Wilkerson show live every Wednesday night and every Saturday night at 7 p.m. That is what we currently have planned. Um, obviously, I will be letting everybody know if something goes sideways and we can't do the show. I'll be putting that out there. But bottom line is this. Um, in July of this year, we officially launched terrywilkerson.com, which has been a dream of mine for quite a while, and it wasn't until July, you know, the end of June, the beginning of July, that I just decided to take the leap, that there was nothing 
I was never going to accomplish anything just by sitting there wondering what I could do. So I took the opportunity. I launched the website and, you know, my coworkers, my friends, my family, my fiance, everybody has been 100% behind me. And it, it, it almost seemed like not necessarily the old proverbial dream come true, but it definitely felt like the minute I launched the site, like this was it. This was what I wanted to do. And of course, the idea became, well, if we're going to do this and we're going to have legacy content with my old podcasts under both uh, brands of the ter- of the Major Malfunction with Terry Wilkerson and with the Tarrant, uh, I also have my other legacy podcast, Tarrant Sports, which will be back up and live later this week is the plan, as well as a brand new podcast called Shambolic, which you wait till you see that one, you guys, you know, wait till you hear that one, and uh, that's going to be a really fun show I'm looking forward to doing. But of course, also the Ramblings of Bionic Carol, a podcast uh, hosted by my fiance Carol. Um, it's not just a clever name. She rambles, but she has the, the greatest heart in the world. She has the strongest heart in the world, and she gets her point across, and she does it without holding back, and that's one of the things I love about her. So that leads me into what I want to talk about here as we go into the new era of this show. Let me be very, very blunt with everybody out there. I don't give a shit about your feelings. I really don't. Feelings have no places here. The tagline to this show is no safe spaces and nothing is sacred. That's also the tagline for the website. I'll make it very clear. If you guys want to participate in the new media, in the new generation, in the new evolution of what media is, then go to www.terrywilkerson.com. There'll be obviously a link in the show here. And join us. But be warned, if you do that, we're not there to spare your feelings. We're not there to make you feel warm and fuzzy. I mean, if you feel warm and fuzzy, all the better. If you're happy being a part of our family, all the better. But we're not there to kiss anybody's ass. And as I go on during this show, I'll explain a little bit more about where I'm coming from on that. If you're listening to this show right now and you expect some wholesome family entertainment, no, not going to happen. I mean, I, I have a tendency to get very rude and very loud. I've lost a lot of friends in both the realistic sense and in the social media sense over the course of the last year because I don't hold back. And I don't expect anybody else to either. You know, if you're, if you find yourself coming in and, and wanting to be a listener of this show or a visitor to the website or a member of the upcoming exclusive member section of the website, I don't expect you to hold back. I don't want anybody to hold back. I don't want anybody to spare my feelings. And this is one of those things that separates myself and those around me, by the way, from the lame ass liberal mainstream media. And let me clarify real quick, there's a liberal mainstream media, there's also a conservative mainstream media that needs to get its head out of its ass right now before it gets absolutely taken to the woodshed by both the liberal side of the mainstream media and the quote-unquote alt-right. You know, the the right wing wants to condemn the alt-right just as much as the left does. But let's bear in mind, it's the alt-right that's getting the attention, and for a reason. Because the alt-right isn't following party lines. Guys like Alex Jones over at um, InfoWars, the guy's a nut bar. He's a raving freaking lunatic. 
but he gets attention. And that's what the media needs to do now. That's what right-wing conservative media needs to do is get attention. And if that means that we have to walk and talk and dress like everybody else out there, that's not going to happen here. And that's what I'm going to get into. I'm kind of uh, rambling because I didn't bother writing a script or bullet points because fuck that. I'm here to do it my way. The website is done my way. The podcast is done my way. The live show is done my way. Let me take you back to my earliest days, my earliest memory of anything even remotely political. I was a Reagan youth. I was, what, four when Ronald Reagan was elected to the presidency of the United States. So at the formative years of what I at least understood was going on in the world, say 88 when I was about seven going on eight years old, and Ronald Reagan got reelected, somehow at the age of eight I found myself interested in politics and specifically interested in the politics or the, uh, I should say, the policies of Ronald Wilson Reagan. And at the age of seven, eight, whatever you know, my particular age was at that point in time, I was just intrigued at that very young age at the strength and the wisdom and the loyalty that Ronald Reagan had, the, the just passion that he displayed, the love of his country. And I was raised in a Southern Democrat household. I was raised in a household where FDR could have probably had a statue right next to Jesus and nobody would have minded. FDR, of course, being the most vile, progressive president in the history of the United States. But that was the way that my parents were raised. They were raised in the same Southern Democrat household that produced um, Woodrow Wilson from my home state of New Jersey, uh, as I'm, I'm hoping I really didn't make myself look stupid there. But I grew up the only Republican, or so I thought, in that family. My parents both came from the South. They both came from the Dust Bowl era, which, of course, you know, was all over the country. They came from the Great Depression era. So FDR and his policies were kind of part of their religion. And here I come, and Ronald Reagan and his capitalist ideology becomes my ideology. And it wasn't always the most welcome, you know, in the house when it came to discussions, especially when later on I would discover guys like Rush Limbaugh and, um, and Sean Hannity. But here's the thing. Um, my parents were, of course, as I said, initially, they were Southern Democrats, but I come to learn that my dad, especially Joe, kind of changed his tune as time went on, uh, especially as it pertained to things like unions. My dad was an electrician who as far as I can recall from the last conversation we had about it, which was nigh on 20-something years ago now, uh, my dad passed away in 97, my dad had become anti-union. He had started to see the flaws that Ronald Reagan and uh, the Republican and conservative presidents that I'd begun to study showed me. So it was probably near the end of my dad's life that he came into that. But he he changed. He changed politically. He changed in a lot of ways. And the thing is, so did I. I went from being, and I told you guys, I want this to be an introduction. I want everybody to know what it is that you're coming up against. 
So from being a Reagan youth, along came George H.W. Bush, which um, I have been, I have made fun of his read my lips, no new taxes, probably more than I've made fun of anything in my life. And, you know, bear in mind, I live in the Philadelphia area and they have Bryce Harper playing here for Christ's sake. So um, somebody just get the guy some conditioner, please. Some, some Pert Plus something, anything, shut him up. So... Along comes George H.W. Bush, and I don't know that I can ever consider him a true conservative. I think H.W. Uh, Bush was a moderate Republican at absolute best. Absolute best because, well, let's you know take this chronologically. Obviously, after his four-year stint, along comes William Jefferson Clinton. Slick Billy. Good old Billy boy. Uh, who... <laughs> Wow, that was probably when Bill Clinton became president and I started to look at his policies. That was probably the moment where I realized, yeah, I'm not only a conservative Republican, but I'm anti-Democrat. I'm anti-liberal. And it's funny how historically Clinton now gets painted as a moderate Democrat, mostly due to the psychotic Marxist wife that he has who shares his bed with him. You know, and I've never felt so bad for Bill Clinton in my life than having to say, hey, he wakes up next to Hillary every day. So Bill Clinton's policies, you know, especially with universal health care, anything socialist, Bill Clinton you know, was a proponent of. And then came his replacement. W. Now, let me explain. Around the time that W became president, uh, I was in the process of purchasing a house in the suburbs. I had a fairly good job, and I was trying to live the normal life. You know, the normal suburban white guy life. Yes, I'm sorry to tell you guys, I am white. You know, and I have no white guilt. I have no white fragility. You know, uh, you, know you know what I have? I have me, and I have the people around me, and I, I don't give a shit. You know, if you have a problem with the fact you're listening to a white host who's uh, proud of everybody, regardless of their color, then, you know, Fuck off right now. Period. Let's see. Well, well <laughs> luckily I have a, a little visitor count here and it, it didn't go down. So impressive. So along comes George W. Bush and then comes 9-11. Now, this is where anybody who has any modern day feelings about fascism or about the quote unquote police state or about martial law being implemented by Donald Trump. This is where I want you to go back and fuck your feelings. Fuck where you're at right now with Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump's an asshole. We all know that. But he's the best president we've had since Reagan, period. And it makes me want to throw up in my mouth to say that. So whatever it is you think about Donald Trump, to hell with that. Go back to that day. Go back to that Tuesday, September 11, 2001. Okay? And ask yourself a question. If Al Gore had been president on that day, would we still have an American flag? I don't think we would. See, this, folks, is where you start to find out what exactly I'm coming from. You know, where exactly I'm coming from. If Al Gore had been president on that day, on September 11th, 2001, right now we would probably be flying at best, an Iraqi flag over our nation. 
And if that sounds a little extreme, it should. Because that's the type of, looking back, that is how we need to view things. And uh, I, I have a uh, live chat feature here, and there is a... Uh, Oh, I, I just got a question, you know, what am I asking what I'm talking about? Actually, I'm, I'm filling everybody in. This is a brand new show, filling everybody in on where I stand politically so they know where we're going from here forward. So um, Vinny203, uh, hopefully that clarifies a little bit. Uh, I, I'm intending this to be a political talk show. And at the moment, we're talking about just how shitty life was under Bill Clinton moving into George W. Bush. So now George W. Bush's response to 9-11 was a little over the top. The whole shock and awe thing. Uh, You know, I'm pretty sure he could have handled it a little bit more expediently. That's my biggest issue with George W. Bush is it took too long. I mean, we still have soldiers. We still have our fighting men and women out in the Middle East. Still you know, battling the, you're fighting this battle that seems like it was never going to end. But of course, Donald Trump is the one who's pulling us out. And let's not forget that. Be, you know, if, if you want to point to uh, Donald Trump as being some type of police state advocate, being some sort of uh, military, uh, um, uh, military state advocate, what about the fact that he's pulled more troops out of the Middle East than Barack Obama did in his eight years total? Donald Trump has done more in three years. And We'll get to that in just a second. And oh, by the way, hello in India. So as all this is going on, and of course, I'm now becoming a homeowner and I have, you know, bills to pay and starting to pay a little bit more attention to other aspects of society and other aspects of politics. Well, then along comes Barack Obama and I... Not only had, you know, John McCain signs on my front lawn, I not only had John McCain bumper stickers, I not only wore the John McCain wristbands, I I actually supported Sarah Palin as a great um, vice presidential candidate to keep Barack Obama from becoming the president of the United States. Okay, I gave you two heartbeats there to let that settle in. So before, let me be abundantly clear. Before you give me some shit about, oh, racism. No, no, fuck your racism. It had nothing to do with Barack Obama's skin color. It had everything to do with Barack Obama's Marxist socialist ideology. The, the ideology that he in eight years tried to ram down the throat of every single American and him and his wife who might be the most despicable first lady, certainly of my lifetime, possibly of all time, going out of their way on a day-to-day basis to make sure that, hey, you know, oh, you, you want freedom? Well, let me tell you what your freedom is going to cost you. Barack Obama made sure that the price of freedom was freedom. If you look back with any level of honesty at the Barack Obama presidency, And you can look at that presidency in any way, shape, or form whatsoever and say that Barack Obama accomplished anything for this country, then you and I have nothing to talk about. Because I'm not going to pretend Obama did anything other than destroy our economy, strip our freedoms, 
and try to reduce our nation to nothing more than um, you know, a, a landing pad for his buddies in the Islamic State. Yeah, I said it. Don't give a shit. Barack Obama is the worst president we have had since FDR. And for Christ's sake, I hope we never elect Joe Biden. Not because he would mimic Barack Obama's policies. Even worse, Joe Biden is a shell. Joe Biden is non-existent. The guy kind of walks around in a fog, in a haze, because everybody seems to know but him that whoever he selects for vice president, Kamala Harris, is actually going to end up in the office. And Joe Biden, even if Joe Biden were to be alive long enough to be president, he's nothing more than a puppet of the extreme left. Think about it. He's never been a truly moderate Democrat. Even when he was the vice president for Barack Obama, nothing close to moderate because he walked in lockstep with everything that Obama did. So now we have Barack Obama as president, still trying to keep this somewhat chronological. We have Barack Obama as president, and he tries to destroy the nation, and he tries to force communism on it. And let's face it, Obamacare is communism. Universal health care is communism. It's even called socialist health care. It is a socialist health care bill. I don't know how much more you really need to figure that out. So let's get Barack Obama the hell out of office and let's get me to stop talking about him because I just get riled up every damn time. Along comes Donald J. Trump, who defeats Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you heard that right. Move on. So... Am I the biggest Donald J. Trump fan? Nope, not a chance. And up until about January of this year, I wasn't even going to support him. But you see, this is where the left really shines. The left really has the ability to shit on themselves and never change the diaper. The left gives us not only Joe Biden and potentially Kamala Harris, but all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi rises from her crypt and gets off of HBO long enough to start telling us what an evil man Donald Trump is. And then what an evil human being anybody who wants to open the country is. Oh, well, we have this virus. We have this disease that's ravaging the country, and we need to focus on that. We need to stay closed. You really think in an election year that this is some type of coincidence? Nancy Pelosi and the left, and oh, by the way, even idiots like Mitch McConnell and John Kasich, they understand what's at stake here. Keep the country closed, keep everybody terrified, keep the damn economy down, and well, you know what? Then you have a far better chance of getting Joe Biden elected as president. If the economy were still going, and if everybody was still able to go out and actually see a Yankees game with people in the stands, Biden wouldn't have a chance you know, this would be Reagan Mondale 84. But no, the left managed to screw everything up by pushing the wrong buttons. What am I, where am I going with that? Okay, very simple. Very, very simple. And this again, this entire episode is about what you can expect from this show moving forward. Black Lives Matter is a lie. Not the phrase. The phrase Black Lives Matter is common sense. Of course Black Lives Matter. And, oh, I'm about to blaspheme. All lives matter. Okay? 
The organization Black Lives Matter is a lie. It's a sham. Read their mission statement. Read their purpose statement. Avowed, open, trained Marxists who intend to do things like, quote, destroy the Western prescribed nuclear family. Now, if you're going to tell me that Black Lives Matter is all about black lives, then explain to me how a huge part of their mission statement is the advancement of black LGBTQ agenda. Not LGBTQ agenda, the advancement of black LBGTQ agenda. Read the purpose statement. It's very, very specific as to what their intentions are. Antifa, you know, the the lockstep buddies of Black Lives Matter right now. Anti-fascist, right? That's what they're supposed to stand for. You do understand that using fear, tyranny, and violence to control a political situation, that's called fascism. You do know that, right? I mean, you're not... I, I would ask if members of Antifa could possibly be that stupid, but the answer is yes. So that's where we are now. We're in a divided nation. And now we're going to circle back to me personally. So why am I doing this show now? Why have I rekindled this show from it's the ashes of being you know, a dead podcast about random shit going on in my head? Why have I decided to step up and take this challenge? For a very simple reason. See the website that I just launched, terrywilkerson.com, or one of our taglines is putting the I back in information. And what does the I mean? The I stands for, oh, I don't know, I. The individual, the one. All of the mainstream media coverage that you're getting exposed to on a day-to-day basis treats you like a sheep, lumps you in with everybody else. Oh, we cater to conservatives. We cater to liberals. We cater to moderates. We cater to whites. We cater to blacks. We cater to women. You know who we cater to at terrywilkerson.com? We don't cater to a goddamn person. What we will be doing, what we are doing, and what we will continue to be doing is putting information and opinion out there geared toward the individual, the one. We don't do groupthink. We don't do mass hysteria. We don't do mass media. The funny thing about the system we live here, live in in this country, is we know now historically one man, one woman, whatever, can change everything. And that one person somewhere had the impetus Every time one person changes humanity, it's because somebody somewhere sitting in a living room or sitting in a den or out in the Sahara Desert or trying to figure out how to kill a saber-toothed tiger for dinner or wanting to cross the ocean. It's always been, throughout the history of mankind, it has always been one person making that decision. One person figuring out how to conquer nature. My opinion my view of the world is that of the individual. I personally look at the world as being a collection of individuals working together in harmony to advance our planet. No one man 
has the right to do harm to other people. The non-aggression principle is central to the Libertarian Party, of which, yes, I am a member. I'm a conservative libertarian. I'm also an objectivist, and I'll get to that in a second. So I believe the world is a collection of individuals, a collection of ones. So in another way, we're binary. Kind of funny, considering, oh, we'll definitely be addressing that soon. We're a collection of ones. I am one person. My fiance Carol, is one person. You, dear listener, are one person. Barack Obama is one person. John Smith is one person. And not one single person on this planet owes a damn thing to anybody else by nature. Nobody is born into the servitude or in the debt of another human being. Nobody. This is one of the absolute central tenets that made slavery such a disgusting idea. But hey, slavery was abolished 150 years ago. The current mode of slavery is by making people think that because of their financial situation, the color of their skin, their education level, or a familial connection, that somehow they owe anything to anybody. That is the modern modality of slavery. And I will not accept that. On the website, terrywilkerson.com, we do not accept that. On this show, we do not accept that. We do not accept that anybody owes anybody anything inherently. Now, if you purchase, say, a chocolate bar, then yes, you owe that merchant payment for that chocolate bar. And then the debt is canceled. It is over and done with. But if you happen to be somebody whose great-grandfather stole a candy bar from the great-grandfather of the guy who owns the corner store that you go to, you don't owe him a goddamn thing just because your great-grandfather stole a candy bar from his great-great-great-grandfather. That's the absurdity of where we, are, where we are at in our nation right now. Something like that could actually be considered a viable call for, quote, reparations. Nobody owes anybody a damn thing. The concept of free exchange, free exchange of ideas, free exchange of information, free exchange of goods and services, that's a central tenet that our nation is built upon. Now, I happen to be a big fan of certain current conservative broadcasters, and uh, one of them specifically by the name of Ben Shapiro. And if you haven't checked out Ben Shapiro, absolutely get out right now. Subscribe to dailywire.com. You know, read Ben Shapiro's new book. I'm reading it, not even as we speak, but I'm, I'm reading it when I'm not doing this. But Ben Shapiro and I disagree on one, well, one or two, but specifically for the purposes of this conversation, one very fundamental ideal. I don't personally believe that we are placed upon this earth for any type of spiritual fulfillment. As a matter of fact, when it comes to spirituality, I don't even know what I believe anymore. I, I've been wrapping my head around a whole new set of values recently, and I, I don't even know where to go with it. But, you know, um, I, I always consider myself atheist. I've recently kind of backed that off to agnostic. 
But the one thing I do know is I don't believe spiritual fulfillment. I don't believe social fulfillment is the purpose of mankind. What is the purpose of mankind? I don't fucking know. But I don't believe that it's spiritual fulfillment. I don't believe that it's going out of your way in the entirety of your life to fulfill other people's lives. Now, do I believe that the purpose of life is to make money? Not necessarily, but if that's your purpose, if that's what you feel your purpose is, well, then I have no say in that. I don't understand why people get up in arms when people say, oh, my reason for living is to make money. That's why I get up every day. Well, that's fine. That's on you. As long as you do not go out of your way to harm other people as a means to that end, that's your right. That's the whole idea of individualism is to be able to choose your own path in the world, your own path in life, your own goals, your own means to those ends, as long as they do not conflict with the same right held by somebody else. This is the basic, the most basic con concept of individualism that you can possibly imagine. And individualism is what we need in this country to rebuild. We are not going to get back to where we were in our nation just four years ago when uh, Donald Trump became president with uh, the greatest economy in the history of the world. We're not going to get back to any of that by doing it collectively. The collective is not welcome here. The individual is welcome here anytime. The individual can pull up a chair next to me. I'll grab you a beer. We'll sit here. We'll shoot the shit. And we'll try to figure things out as thinking, independent, individual men and women. So what can you expect after, what, 30 minutes here of rambling? What can you expect from the Terry Wilkerson show going forward? And what can you expect from TerryWilkerson.com? You can expect a whole lot of selfishness. In its classic definition. See, selfish truly means concerned with oneself and one's family. It doesn't mean, you know, the little boy taking the ball from the other little boy in kindergarten. That That's not selfish. That's being an asshole. There's a difference. Self-centered, selfish, you know, read Ayn Rand. And that's another thing I disagree on a lot of these um, current conservative commentators with everybody said, well, you should have grown out of Ayn Rand by now. No, not really. You know, I, Ayn Rand's points are more valid to me now than they were when I was a teenager and read her work for the first time. So yes, as I said earlier, I am an objectivist. I am a, I'm not a follower of Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand never had followers. Ayn Rand had people who believed that her intellectual ideas had merit. That's not a follower. That's simply somebody who's trying to study the world alongside of you. So the individual, the self, that's where I am centered. That's what I believe in. And I know, I, I, I know I've converted at least one other person out there who perhaps never really understood the concept of self quite the way they do now. And if you happen to be listening to this, I cannot tell you how proud I am that you came to that on your own. I, I didn't want to force the idea down your throat. I opened the door, you walked in. And it makes me happy to see that you've managed to adopt 
you've managed to adopt the the concept of the individual so strongly and and not in a followers in a followers type of way i mean <laughs> um it, it's really cool to see it when you see somebody's eyes open up when you see somebody understand the world from the individual perspective for the first time it's it's breathtaking it you get to watch somebody's world open up you get to watch somebody experience the true beauty of the world for the first time when they accept the idea that the only person accountable for their life is themselves the only person whose rights that they have to defend are their own the only person whose possessions the only person whose lifestyle is any concern of is their own it is such a beautiful thing to watch people come to that realization it's like they open their eyes for the first time and it's absolutely amazing so we're here on both terrywilkerson.com and here on the terry wilkerson show to address the world from the perspective of the individual the i i'm not going to sit here every week when i do two of these shows as we're currently planning I'm not going to sit here and treat everybody out there as a massive group. I'm not going to be sitting here talking to you guys as, you know, a family or as some type of commune. No, when I'm talking, I am talking to each and every one of you as an individual because I have enough respect for the individual to do that. I don't think we need the mainstream media telling us anymore that this is what America should think. I don't think we need the mainstream media telling us this is what John Smith should think. I don't think it's time for the media to keep telling anybody what to think. I think the time has come for the media to go back to separating fact from opinion. The mainstream media, when I grew up, had two separate divisions, the op-ed division and the newsroom. And I wanted to be a reporter when I was young. I grew up wanting to work on the radio. I grew up wanting to be a reporter. Media is something I absolutely love, which is one of the reasons I launched this. It's one of the reasons I am doing this no matter what. I mean, I recently walked away from an opportunity in my life that could have changed my life forever. But I made my decision. This is what I want. This is what I wanted to do as a kid. I mean, think about it. You know, I was that 10-year-old kid who had the little fedora with the press the, the piece of paper in, his, in the uh, belt or the, uh, the hat band that said press. I always loved the idea of the press. And when I was a kid, and even when I was in high school taking journalism classes, the media, the journalistic profession, was segmented in the news desk and the opinion desk. Somewhere over the course of the last especially five to ten years, those two seem to have merged. Fact is being presented as opinion, and opinion is being presented as fact. If you need any evidence of opinion being presented as fact or fact being presented as opinion, just turn on your local news. You know, just look at anything on CNN. Ask Andrew Cuomo any question, any question, and you will get the prime example of fact being expressed as opinion and opinion being expressed as fact. 
Also, there are several hosts on conservative news networks, you know, turn on Fox News. And unfortunately, you have certain people who do the exact same thing. Juan Williams is unfortunately an example of somebody on the so-called conservative side. And I I don't understand how he can ever be considered a conservative. I've never heard him in any circle of discussion between people. I've never heard him described as a conservative, always as a liberal. But somehow media seems to present him as a conservative. And I'm not saying Juan Williams is not an incredibly intelligent guy. He's very erudite, very lucid, very lucid, I should say. And he's very good at his job. But he has, like many other hosts, found his way into that gray area between fact and opinion. And that's something we we do not do here. That isn't something we need to end. And TerryWilkerson.com the Terry Wilkerson show, it ends here. The bullshit gray area ends here. You can come to this show every Wednesday and every Saturday night and hear straight truth from a guy who doesn't care who's a, whose feelings it hurts, who doesn't care what people have to think of, to say about it, You can come here every Wednesday and every Saturday night, and we have a a call-in feature here on the show that we're going to be activating come this weekend. Call in and talk to me. Let me know what's on your mind. I don't want to talk to just people who agree with me. I want discourse. I want dialect. But I don't want you to come at me from the concept of, well, I am a intergroup name here, and this is where we stand on the issue. I don't want to hear we anymore. I want to hear I, America. I am asking you, engage with me from the individual perspective. I will respect the hell out of that a lot more than I will if you come to me and say, I am a member of group XYZ. I'm not here to talk to group XYZ. Whether the XYZ be on the right, on the left, in the middle, in agreement with me, dissenting against me. I don't care. I'm not here for groupthink. I am here to talk to you one-on-one. I am here for the individual. The website is here for the individual. And starting Saturday, you know, we'll be able to talk individually. All you have to do is tune in. I probably didn't get, um, the funny thing is I probably didn't get as much out as I wanted to during this show. We only, we're going to be doing anywhere between uh, 45 minutes and an hour during each show. Uh, this is also, by the way, going to be available as a podcast download starting tomorrow morning. Uh, so for those of you who are listening to the podcast and aren't here for the live stream, uh, thank you for joining us there as well. This coming Saturday, we're going to actually get into some topics. I just wanted to make sure that this episode was com- it was used to cover where I'm coming from and why this show had to be resurrected and where we're going from here. So that being said, let me do my shameless plug here. Do not forget to join us on www.terrywilkerson.com, the home of 1028 Media, the production studio that gives you the Terry Wilkerson show, Tarant Sports Podcast, the upcoming Shambolic podcast, and of course, the ramblings of Bionic Carol. 
We also have a YouTube channel, which we're kind of stepping up our game on. And, hey, the website is also, well, it's currently and in future, full of news and op-eds from, again, the perspective of the individual, because that is what we do. Every Wednesday, every Saturday, we're going to be here on the Terry Wilkerson Show live. Um, yeah, Unless, honestly, if something changes, we will post on the website because, you know, it's not like I can do this professionally. You know, the, 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 I have a regular job. I. Remember? See that word again? I. So we will obviously let everybody know if something goes haywire. But it's very, it's very cool to be here on the air right now. To be sitting in this undisclosed location in what I like to call the bunker. It's awesome to be sitting here. It's awesome to be here with you guys. And for everybody here who has been a part of this relaunch of the show, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, Do not forget, again, to look up our podcasts, um, which are available, by the way. Our podcasting service, our podcasting system is available on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, uh, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, well, it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts now. iHeart. I mean, we're literally everywhere you download your fine podcast content. So when you find our podcast, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star rating if your platform happens to um, offer that as an option. Join us here every Wednesday and Saturday for Terry Wilkerson Live. Go to the website, www.terrywilkerson.com, for the new ideal, the new concept in individual media. Drop us a line, you know, hit us up on, uh, you know, by email, keep in contact with us. We're going to be back here on Saturday, and we're going to be diving headlong into, well, pretty much every damn thing going on in the world right now. Will I be rambling? Absolutely. Will I be cursing? Absolutely. Will I actually get to a point this coming Saturday? I guess you'll have to tune in and wait and see. And until then, we will we'll all just have to have as good a day as we possibly can. And I'll see you guys back here on Saturday.